And they said, oh, it's 1-0 Blues. What the header that is. Christian Pedersen with a bullet header. It's then floated towards the back post. Jukovic in there, Jukovic. Oh, what a header. This man is on red hot form at St Andrews at the moment. And it goes again towards the towering Ziggich. All oh, confusion at Martin, and surely scored the winning goal for Birmingham City. Hello and welcome to the Blues Talk podcast. As Blues enjoy their best start to a league season in 11 years, Dale Moon and Callum Denning here looking back on a fantastic trip to the capital to take on Cholton. And we'll examine as well how Fortress St Andrews can record its third successive home victory. It's all on the way here on Blues Talk. The Blues Talk podcast with Dale Moon and Callum Denning. Well, Dale, we're back third time this season. And I didn't even mention who our guest was because we put it out on Twitter and it got... A response and a half. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> he is what's some character. Um, Christian, Pe- Christian Pedersen joins us here on Blues Talk this week. A bizarre, enlightening, crazy half an hour of just, um, yeah, occupying the space between his ears. Some stuff's going on in, the, in that brain. Well, this his. is it. I didn't know how to look ahead to it because if I had to sum it up like a line, I don't know what I'd go with. No, I don't. You're going to have to have a listen to him. But yeah, we sit here. Sitting pretty on 13 points, Cal. It's um, looking ahead to what could be a third straight victory. Back at St Andrews, we're unbeaten this season at home, which is good. Mood around the camp's good. The sun for now is still beaming. Touch wood. So uh, everything's rosy in the garden. Best start, Dale, to a league season since 2008-2009. Yeah, it's amazing, really, when you think... um, On that season, we got promoted. But when you look back at some of the performances this season, I think... Pep himself will be honest enough to admit we haven't played fantastic football yet this season, and which actually you can view it from an encouraging point of view is we haven't hit third, fourth, fifth gear yet, and yet we sit there on 13 points, three points off the top of the championship. So, bodes well, really. It's a strange league, isn't it? The championship. It is really. I mean, you think back to last year, I mean, our performances at the start of the season, everyone was saying, How have we not won a game? We'd take us nine games to yeah. win one. Mid September, Leeds, yeah. Um, and yet this season, We've arguably not been fantastic and yet found a way of winning games. Um, but I thought Cholton, as we'll come on to now, was uh, deserved a way of victory. Um, Brentford, obviously, we, it's good to record your first away away day win on that opening game of the season, but it was a bit of a smashing grab. Yeah. Uh, but this one was very much deserved. And as Pep's told us in his pre-match press conference this week, um, the most complete performance under his tenure. What a day it was. I mean, we went down to unbeaten Cholton. Managed by a Blues hero who got a fantastic reception we'll talk about in just a minute. But it was written in the stars, really, wasn't it? You talk about how our performances this season, I think there was a bit of disappointment from, obviously, the head coach, Pep Clotet, a few of the fans as well. You're talking about the away games like Swansea and Nottingham Forest. Sold out that away end well in advance yeah, against an unbeaten team sitting second in the league. I think a lot of people had a good feeling that morning or the day before. And he spoke to a lot of Blues fans ahead of that game. And I think everyone just had a good feeling. We were going there. They were obviously missing their star. It's Lyle Taylor, they're missing mm-hmm. their star striker, which always helps psychologically, the fact that he's not there. Um, but, I mean, take nothing away from Blues that, that, that Saturday because, um, yeah, the away end was fantastic. Again, it was a nice hot day. Um, and the performance itself from start to finish, I thought was exactly what you want when you go away from home. You dampen down a crowd, obviously their centenary celebrations of 100 years at the Valley. So a few flags were out and they tried to put a bit of a day on and make it a bit of a carnival atmosphere there. But within 15, 20 minutes, I thought we dampened that crowd and never really got going. Credit to the players for that. And uh, I mean, for Lee Camp to make his first save after 72 minutes is a testament to how we performed as a team, not just the lads at the back, but up front as well. And then... (laughs) I mean, I think I said in commentary of John, everything he touches turns to gold and that's just, he writes his own headlines at the minute, the young lad. Well, the thing is about Jude, I mean, here is a football club, you get a 16-year-old like that with all the talent in the world and we're trying to keep him, play it down and make sure that you don't put too much expectancy on him. But he don't help us when he's doing stuff like that and winning games. With a fant- and he finished off a fantastic move, but I think it's a team performance. It really was. You look through the team. It's hard to pick out a man of the match. I know I was I tweeted about Maxime Collin mm-hmm. after the game. I think a lot of fans... Um, would have said that Max was our, was our best player. But I just thought everyone to a man 
executed the game plan perfectly. Charlton were narrowing their diamond. We worked the ball into Sunic and Davis and then back out the other side. Um, the formation seemed to work for us. Getting Crowley, Marabti on the pitch, Bellingham as well. Um, good to see Jack Magoma coming on later on. So he's bolstered the options now. But I just thought the way we executed the game, kept them quiet, stayed in it, uh, protected Lee Camp. And then Jude Bellingham finishes off a fantastic move, which does start with that star man, Maxim Collin. I mean, he had, he had a couple of runs where he jinked his way between players and round down the Charlton left-hand side. We had a torrid time. I thought the both fullbacks really struggled against Blues that day. Um, but the care he takes, which I think is something that you can be overlooked, but the care he takes with his pass mm-hmm. into Kerim Marabti to not overhit that one. He's going at full tilt, really takes care with it, which means Kerim don't even have to have a touch. He can get his head up. And again, straight back across. But that's it. And and when players get into those positions, I think a lot of people talk about composure. But Kerry Marabti, you'd be forgiven for thinking he's going to just fire it across a six-yard box and hope that there's a body there to turn it in. And you'd, quite rightly so, you'd want a Djokovic or someone in there. But he manages to get his head up, and that's where I think Pep again talking talking on Thursday just about the intelligence of Kerry Marabti and how he likes to be a technically gifted player with other players around him to pull it back and find pick out the only other blue shirt available. And even then, I mean, both centre-halves launched themselves at Jude. Um, it's one way you actually think he could get injured when he, he goes to open his foot out. and Might get pole Yeah, a couple of boots box. flying in it in, but, I mean, he strokes it home, looking like he'd done that Effortless. a thousand times in the championship. And again, I mean, I'm so jealous that he gets to run up towards that away end. Uh, as the man who's just scored what went on to be the, the winning boy, goal. 16 year old yeah, boy. The, yeah, the boy. We keep referring, I keep referring to him as a man. Yeah, as the boy who scored the winning goal on his full league start. I mean, that is just a dream. To absolute delirium in that Jimmy Seed stand. No, the they way. were brilliant. We laughed at ourselves, didn't we, at half time uh, when they brought out former Villa players and. <laughs> okay, it was almost planned, it. wasn't it? So Luke Young came out first, then Darren Bent. Then they bring out former Blues player Alan Kirbishley, who obviously gets a round of applause, claps yeah. the Blues fans back, and then parades Bent and Young towards that away end. Yeah, Kirbishley played that well, didn't he? He grabbed, grabbed, uh, grabbed Luke Young and Darren Bent, just sort of shoved them towards the away end. The Blues were giving them absolute pelters. But I think everyone saw the funny side of it in the end. You could see from where we were that Bent and Young found it quite funny. They but took they it were, well. I mean, they were brilliant. I think we hadn't been to Charlton in a few years, had we? And so... Um, it's a good chance for Blues fans to go there. Fantastic, over three thousand, I think it was. And the, I always like when the, you get the whole stand to yourself. I think it always almost helps gets to, that impression of taking over the ground. Yeah, it? It gives that off. Yeah, it just helps to generate a, a really good atmosphere. And um, yeah, the goal, the scenes for the goal was just fantastic. When we, uh, as we said, we did have cameras lined up to capture it, but some member of the media didn't. Listen, press they're record. not going to be named. I, we, think I, I, I said on Twitter we will remain unnamed to to protect their health. Um, because they might get pelters, but no, um, want to see more scenes like that away from home. But you know, back at home this weekend, and like I say, I've always, I mean, we haven't started particularly well. Is one thing I'd say when I think back to the Stoke and the Barnsley victories at St Andrews, we never come flying out the mm. trap. Well, we haven't up to yet come flying out the traps. Well, do you think that's what we did different at Charlton? Because I know I remember early doors. I think Max bombing down the right got that ball into Juki, won an early corner. Yeah. Something that we didn't really have again in those home games that we have won, yeah, and then Swansea and Forest. Yeah, I agree. I think you can gauge with Blues after five to ten minutes if they're at it or not. I always, I think you can get a feel for for how we're playing or whether the boys are. It's an email there telling you when we're at it. <laughs> yeah, I think you can gauge uh, what sort of afternoon we're getting out, and I did get that impression at Charlton both pre-game and within those first opening exchanges. But I'd like to see us do that again on Saturday against Preston. Just come flying out the traps a little bit and take the game to Preston side. I know Pep's warned about their dangers because they are a sign under Alex Neil that have had consistency, some stability at the club for two, three seasons now. So they've been allowed to build to embed a style of play. Um, so you know what to expect from from Preston. Um, but being the home side, looking to, you know, keep our position in the table keep picking up points, add into this momentum, record three successive victories. It's on us as the home team to really set a high tempo, set the um the, the mood for the rest of the afternoon, really. So I just would like to see us start quickly on Saturday. It's my one. And, and three points, but that's my one wish. What was your main takeaway from the chart again then? I remember I was having a chat with you at half-time on the gantry, how you could see with that narrow diamond that mm. we were we very much exploited. They were there for the taking. Yeah, c- credit to the um, analysis staff. Pete Shuttleworth, Dan Millard, 
Um, Simon Houston. Yeah, I mean, they all put the home homework in. Um, and I know that we prepared for Charlton to play the Diamond, so that they were happy when the team news came out and that looked to be the case. So obviously the way to play around the Diamond was to get your fullbacks involved, get your wide players involved, but you almost have to draw that narrow Diamond over to one side of the pitch. So you almost have to go short with a few passes to then come back into middle area and switch it out to the other side. And standing in the gantry, we had a fantastic uh, viewpoint, vantage point, and you could see it was on every single time, particularly Max, because he's naturally more inclined to get forward. Christian Pedersen, uh, as you'll hear, uh, barely crosses the halfway line. It's just not in his nature. He's a very conservative left back who will sit there. I don't know what his voting is, but I don't I mean that, that say, sense. Yeah. yeah, I don't mean it in that sense. But in the way that he'll sit there as a fullback and defending is his first ball call. Max is more than happy to get forward. So we started to do that as the game went on. It was going into Digger and Ivan, and we were shifting it out. But I thought we got the tactic spot on against the Diamond. Uh, I thought Kerry Morabti, you know. It's a brave move to in include Jude, um, but you can't keep him out of the team because he just has an impact on games. But Kerry Morabti, great to see him back. So another really good character around the club. Um, and he was buzzing around Luka Zhukovic. And that's a partnership that if you stick to a bit, it could start to develop. But it's very much the intelligence of Kerry Morabti just to try and be busy and get around mm -hmm. the pitch. And Dan Crowley gives you that gives you that little bit of magic as well and that low centre of gravity. So, But again, I, d I didn't come away thinking one player other than probably Max, not carried the team, but Sean really. I just it thought it was standout. a very professional, solid away day performance. Um, and the clean sheet's huge because, as you say, you look back at Swansea and Forest to concede three goals and quick fire goals where Blues have collapsed in those mm -hmm. games. Uh, we would have stood a bit of pressure in the last 10, 15 minutes, but it wasn't an onslaught from Charlton. I thought they struggled to create anything. Lecco was busy at times, um, but they didn't really get you know, have a sustained spell of pressure on Blues. And I think that's what will please Pep as well in the back of his mind to know that they've protected Lee Camp relatively well. Who's, yes, still had to earn his... Uh, Fantastic double save. Yeah, he still, he still had to um, to be called into action a couple of times. But in the main, clean sheet away from home against a free-scoring side like that will please Pep. Got to be the pantomime villain as well. He loves time it. Wasting. He as he said on this very podcast. He absolutely loved it. I saw him at, We saw him yesterday. We went to cover some training and... Um, I put that to him. I said, you up to, up to your dark arts again. He actually, he actually said he wasn't even that bad in his own, you know, the levels that he sets himself. He said he was actually not much to it, but um, yeah, he's, I mean, that's 34 years of experience for you in Lee Camp. He absolutely loves it. And I think he likes getting booed and jeered by the home crowd. I think he had something bottle thrown at him, I think you mentioned. Yeah, he did. Uh, but he revels in it. And I think whatever, you know, whatever it takes to win a game, um, there was obviously the, the situation where the ball was put onto the pitch how it got there baffles all of us. But it's at a time where Charlton's momentum's, mm -hmm. you know, they're starting to build up a bit of steam. So I think game management is something that this team will learn. And I think there's enough experience in there. You know, your David Davis, your Harley Dean, your Lukas Zhukovic, your Lee Camp, that spine of the team, the senior pros in there, they'll know how to manage a game better than any. Karim Arabti, um almost went under the radar coming back into the fold on Saturday, as you said. Solid performance. Uh, Jacques Magoma as well, briefly touched on it. Yeah. Back in the side, off the bench. Yeah. Good to have those players who'd been out on the sidelines. I know Chet Cater and Jonathan Grounds now back in training as well. Absolutely. It all adds to the options that Pep's got at his disposal now. Like you say, competition for places is always healthy. If you look across that pitch now, Steve Seddon, Christian Pedersen, Maxime Collin, Wes Harding, your two centre-halves, Jake Clark Salter, Midfield's litter. I mean, there's that many players who can play in whatever system we've, we've gone with. Um, and then you've got Morabti, who's gone up there alongside Lukas Jukovic to put a bit more pressure on Alvaro Jimenez. So you get those players back who have just been carrying one or two knocks. So really, with the exception of Michael Kiftenbell, that we know is a long-term one, um, and Jefferson Montero, the players are coming back into the fold now. The squad's looking healthy. Now that can only be good boding into a busy winter period. The next few months, the games come thick and fast. Um, you get rid of these next two international breaks and then you're, you're into December where you're playing Saturday, Tuesday. So good time for us to build up some, some momentum in the next few weeks. But yeah, I mean, I thought Jack's a player that we haven't quite got another Jack McGowan. We've struggled to find a replacement for Jack. He's one of the old guard now, Jack McGowan. I know in the early days he was a bit of a scapegoat and one or two weren't having him and his work rate. But you see what he brings to that side. And he gets. I think he's deceptively fit in terms of getting up and down that, that wing. 
and I don't think anyone carries the ball as well as he does. We'll be on the back foot, we'll clear a header, it'll fall to Jack Magoma and he'll keep it for 15, 20 seconds by jinking his way down a wing, he'll win a throw in, he'll relieve all that pressure. And I think it's not, I can't think of any other player in the squad that can do what Jack does. Massive addition to the club, um, sorry, to the to the squad. And uh, yeah, hopefully that's him fit and firing now because I know it was a busy summer with him going to the African mm-hmm. Cup of Nations. So maybe he's just got over that little calf problem um, and we can get 30, 35 games out of Jack. I think that depth that we've now got is going to be the key difference to last season. I know obviously with the embargo and everything mm. last year, you could almost, and this is no slight on you know the way we played last season, the team that we fielded, you could almost guess the 18 yeah. before it came out because yeah. there just wasn't that depth. Yeah, absolutely. It can, I mean, in the Championship in particular, it is a gruelling nine-month campaign and... Like I say, the winter months in particular can take its toll. And last year, there was that many players that racked up more than 40 games. The burden on them, just the mileage in their legs come the end of the season. I mean, no wonder they had when to we be got as to fit. March. Well, yeah. I mean, no no wonder they had to be as fit as they were. Um, and the work that Sean Rushton, because it was a necessity given yeah. the amount of games they had to play. Whereas, yeah, this season, I think Pep's got options. He can change it. And he has changed it both in terms of personnel and the system. And I think, it, I mean, he, this isn't, shouldn't come as a surprise. We listened to what he was saying pre-season and it was all about the flexibility and intelligence of this side. Now, I think what, and this is me guessing here, this is not going off any conversations I've had. I think we actually tailor ourselves more to how the opposition play. I think last year we were, this is what we are. We believe that uh, it's going to work. Uh, so, And it did work for large parts of the season. Absolutely. But then it also makes you a little bit predictable. I think now uh, we look at the opposition, we evaluate how we can best get at them a little bit, put more emphasis on exploiting those opportunities that the opposition will give us. And because we've got the personnel in the squad, Pep can do that this season. So we've seen that already, whether it's three at the back, five at the back, as it was against Swansea at times, four at the back, which is what we reverted to. Even even the dynamics of that midfield area has changed. We now, I mean, on Saturday, it was Sunjic and Davies behind the three yeah. with Lukas Jukovic spearheading up front. That may change again on Saturday. But I like the way that we... And I know consistency is good and players know their jobs, but I like the fact that we've got players that are capable of slotting into different holes and, um, and makes us a, a less predictable outfit to play against. I think that's the big thing, isn't it? If you're looking at a campaign where you're at the top end of the championship table, you want to be able to spring a surprise yeah. on the opposition because yeah. they'll be capable of doing it to us yeah, as well yeah. at times. Especially in a world where everyone does their homeworks and analysis departments now um, have got every all the tools at their disposal. You look at all the video analysis that teams do. Um, they can access all the games from this season, last season. So I think if you are capable of changing it, and not just game by game, but in-game as well, um, and, I, and I think we've recruited players who can do that. You know, Kerry Marabti can play a number of positions. Fran Villalba has. Jude Bellingham's played out on a wing. I mean, it's arguably, he's not played that position for 23. I've not seen him play that position for 23s or 18s. And yeah, two and two, flourishing. Um, exactly. Um, it's like I say, Villalba, Bellingham, Crowley, uh, Magoma, Marabti are all players that can float across the pitch. And... Um, and it's only to the benefit of the team because, um, like you say, it keeps opposition guessing. I mean, if you're doing your homework on Blues, what are you get? Okay, you'll probably guess you're back four because in the last couple of games he's stuck with it. Other than that, you're guessing at how Blues is going to line up. We are when the team comes out. It's surprising. I mean, very We're rarely. Working out the formation on Saturday. Yeah. Because there's that many possibilities with the players that have been selected. Exactly. So, um, no, I think it's a dangerous weapon that Blues can use. Yeah, it serves us well. One man who has proven as well this season to be adaptable and who's an absolute warrior, by the way, at the Valley, the man we were speaking about at the top of the podcast, Christian Pedersen. <laughs> I mean, words fail me when it comes to this man. He is uh, hes like a cartoon character. He's unique. But what a fantastic uh, bubbly bloke as well. I mean, he is off his head. I mean, make no mistake about it. This, he's a sandwich short of a picnic, but he's a uh, great company. And like you'll hear in the next 30 minutes... Um, one or two interesting things that he does come out with actually how he felt like he always had the characteristics to play English football I don't think anyone would argue with that mm-hmm. he's so robust physically it's not going to overroar uh, him um, how he's had to learn over the last year I think everyone's was looking at Christian Pedersen particularly after the Norwich game and thinking is he tactically intelligent enough in terms of his positioning mm-hmm. now I think as he plays more games at the club in England he'll learn that and also uh, I think the fitness 
aspect of the pace of English football did take him by surprise. Now he's up to speed with that as well. So, yeah, we give him some grief for not getting forward enough, but he is a player who you know, and as we say to him, I can't remember him losing a header. That ball, I mean, how many teams try and ping a diagonal pass? I can see it now at St Andrews, where it will go into the middle of the pitch. There, you know, that pretty centre midfielder, whoever it might be, thinks he can play and will try and spray one over Christian Pedersen. to the Pedersen. right winger. But also, he's dis he gets his distances right. So, you can be his the best header of the ball. If you're 15 yards off your man, you, by the time that ball's travelled over your head, oh, you, you, know can't make, you can't make up that distance. He gets his distances right. So, anyone questioning tactical positioning that's one sign that actually is getting it a little bit um, but yeah he, I mean I can't queue up this interview of Christian Pedersen other than saying this is the most bizarre eccentric 30 minutes we've had with a Blues player I don't even know what context to give it do I mention the breakfast thing or do we just let that go yeah I think you need to give it well, well it needs context because it, it brings up breakfast four or five times so you'll be best placed to explain this but anyone who works in media will know yeah that before you do an interview you need to get the levels of the microphone. Just, I talk a bit louder than Callum does. A player will talk quite. So you ask him a very novel question, a very just mundane question of count to 10 or what did you have for breakfast this morning? Just so you can get some levels from you, the person you're interviewing. But Peds then seems infatuated with this, the, the whole idea that you asked what you had for breakfast. And so throughout the next interview, Christian Pedersen, don't be put off by the fact that he keeps asking Callum what he had for breakfast. The Blues Talk Podcast. Peds, thanks for joining us here on Blues Talk, the Birmingham City official podcast. I know you're a big fan and you've listened to all of our episodes up to now, haven't you? Yes, mate. What yeah. was your favourite, mate? What was your favourite one? Uh, you caught me off guard there. <laughs> so, um... Blame Peds, us, son. Listen, Peds, don't worry about it. We appreciate your time. Um, yeah, mate, it's a boiling hot day here. It's, it's not very typical for mid-September here at... Uh, Wast Hills or the Trillian Trophy Training Centre to be this nice but we appreciate the weather yes. uh, just come off the back of a fantastic result mm. against Charlton ahead of the Preston game this weekend the mood around the club I think we've spoken about this for Blues mm. TV but the mood around the club at the moment must be a pretty good place to come and work every day uh, it's fantastic at the moment I mean everyone is happy and, and satisfied with the results recently so um, and you you can tell by the squad that everyone is, is happy and mm. like, yeah, it's it's amazing. Mm. Was it always going to click eventually, this group of players? Because we've seen in the performances <laughs> so far this season, a 10 minute spell here or a good passage of play there, but we hadn't quite put the 90 minutes together. And I think against Charlton, mm. that was probably the best performance under Pep. Did you feel like it was slowly starting to get there as a group of players? Yeah, so... Um, I think we have to remember that we um a new squad also it takes time to know each other mm -hmm. roles and all that so i think we what you just said against charlton this is the first time where we proved ourselves as a as a unit and um, what we're capable of mm. so um yeah we we did very well against charlton then and we have to take that uh, with us uh, for our home game now Against Preston, yeah, on Saturday. Yeah, you, um, it wasn't without injury, though, Peds. You've got a few stitches above that left eye of yours. What happened? Yeah, so um, we went for the for the header. The aerial duel, he... as you put it. Yeah. What? You went for the duel, you told us on Blues TV. He said, we went for the duel. Yeah. You've headed the ball. Yeah. What happened next? And then he cried my opponent. <laughs> and I was like, okay, it's all right. <laughs> I'm all right. So yeah, nothing you went, What a worry, by the way. Straight back up. Yeah, you kept playing for like two minutes, didn't you? Until yeah, you have to. Then. I mean, yeah. you can't just lie on the ground when the play's gone, so yeah. you have to do your stuff in it. So. Did someone tell you to drop to the ground? Uh, no. You just thought, now's a good time? Yeah, to... because uh, I could see that I was bleeding, so yeah, yeah. I, I tried to, to tell the ref also, but he, he didn't care about no. me. So He had, so. A, bad, he had a bad afternoon, <laughs> yeah. that referee. Yeah. I don't know what you thought as a player, yeah. but when we were watching that game... There were so many decisions that were just baffling. They were yeah, confusing. unbelievable. Yeah. Well, we had you on Blues TV during the match. Your face was almost covered. It's like I a know. mask of blood. Yeah, I know. And you, you know, still got booed when you went down. Do you watch way. Rocky, Peds? Do you ever watch any of the Rocky films? I have not, but uh, I've spoken to the lads in the dressing room and they can't believe I haven't watched... You because you're like Dolph Lundgren, one of the ah, uh, one yeah. of the Col what, the blonde geezer. Yeah, 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 the blonde guy. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. all you need to know. Yeah, have a look, Peds, because you remind me of him. Yeah. Um, uh, what if I say it might be my big brother? <laughs> <laughs> Very well, I'd buy it. Yeah. Yeah. 
we, when I was asking you, speaking to you during the week, I put to you that you are gaining a reputation at the club for being a bit of like the crazy one among the group. Mm-hmm. And I said, do you think that's fair? And you said, yeah, because you do say some stupid stuff. Well, it's, I just say what comes to my mind. I don't really think about stuff, so I always just do my thing, I guess. It's just, who, it's just who I am. I've yeah. always been like that, so yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not going to change So that. you don't, you don't, there's no filter. You don't think about it before you say it. It just comes out. Whatever you're thinking. <laughs> the thing with me, I try to think, yeah. but that's not like... <laughs> that's I not helpful. Say, yeah, no. <laughs> Thinking's I not helpful. Say, no. So you just crack on. Yes. No, good. Um, in terms of settling down at the club though, Peds, mm. I mean, you've been here for over a year now. Do you feel settled at home in the city at the club? Yes, I feel settled in now. And um, I mean, the the place here is fantastic. And mm. yeah, I live in, in Solihull where mm. it's a bit more peaceful than, than in Birmingham mm-hmm. centre. Um, and I'd like that to be fair, to be more private. So um, yeah. How different is it to Berlin? Oh, you can't compare that. So yeah. I lived in the Berlin center, city center. Right. Whereas here, um, it's more private, so it's it's you can't compare that. But yeah. it's 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 a lot more like noisy and a lot of cars and. Why Berlin or Birmingham? It's uh, Birmingham. Berlin. Uh, Berlin's more busy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. While we're on the topic of being settled in, by the way, I spoke to Kareem in pre-season. He's telling me all about the British slang that you two have been learning. Yeah. How's that going? Where all you right, up to? Mate. What words have you got? Um, well, you say know. mate. I, you I, say mate. Yeah, well. mate. Yeah, you yeah, yeah, mate. mate. Kareem's kept. I don't know out. if you're allowed to say that, so I'm not gonna. Say go for it. Go, go for it. Go on, go on, we'll decide. I don't know if it's a slang word. It's just like someone told me. Go on. Like on. you can say. <laughs> <laughs> Who's yeah. told you that, Peds? Huh? Who's told you that? Wes Harding. <laughs> so you blame you know him, now, not me. Don't you know what it means? Do you know what it means? No, well, I have like a feeling like yeah, you could. Yeah. 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 Okay. <laughs> I think I know it. Well, I Why mean, are you laughing, Colin. Oh, <laughs> I mean, Kareem's example was just copper, so you've upgraded <laughs> oh, yeah. it a little bit. I know. So from Kareem talking about tea to yeah. uh yeah, Kareem's kept saying copper to us in this brummy accent, but what? What? Copper. Oh, copper. Like yeah. Or mocha. Well, mocha. mocha is like a coffee, oh. but a copper's like a cup of tea. Like if you're gonna make mm. a copper, mm. that's like a cup of tea. So Kareem's. But he obsessed. says mocha also sometimes. Oh, like, oh like, mocha. Like, like mocha. mocha, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mocha, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mocha. you're right. Yeah, Karim's on this really weird sort of <laughs> rummy obsession at the minute, yeah, if you ever yeah. bump into him. but um, Yeah, so we're t- talking on Berlin and your time there, I mean, when did you first, because it was always a bit of controversy around your transfer yeah. from Berlin here. Where did you first hear that, obviously, the club was interested and what was it like for you with the delay between you hearing and then eventually signing for the club? Mm, I remember we, me and my agent were having a meeting together and he mm. told me that there were some clubs interested in me um, and Birmingham was one of the clubs. And I was like, when he said Birmingham, that I was pretty sure that it's going to be them. Because really? I, I know the club uh, from before and I know how, how big it is and with all the amazing fans, like we got so many like big fans car. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's a huge club, and you wanna you wanna do well for this club and become something mm-hmm. special for them. Yeah. What were did, did you know what other clubs were interested at the time? Uh, yeah, there was a few clubs. So, Freiburg, Mainz, German clubs. Yeah, Bundesliga clubs. Yeah. Then you got Leeds, Derby. Um, there was one more. I'm pretty sure. Just throwing like a Man City or something. <laughs> no, I think it was like Barcelona. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, and then eventually, obviously, the transfer. I mean, you're waiting for a few weeks for the transfer to go through. And mm. even when you signed, I think there was still question marks over whether you could play. What was that like to deal with mentally? Uh, mentally, it was a bit tough. But mm. um, I mean, you, you, you can't really think about that. Because if you do that, then it might influence your your focus mm. on the pitch and that's not how it's supposed to be so mm-hmm. you have to keep calm even though you can do nothing because you, you, you can do nothing about the situation you just have to accept the situation and mm. keep moving forward Yeah, I guess yeah. and your first game I mean, it was quite a learning curve baptism of fire against Norwich City who went on to win the league mm. did you know after 10 minutes of that game that 
the the pace and the speed of English football was different to what you'd experienced before. So I have to say, in my debut, it was so <laughs> hot. So, <laughs> so uh, hot. Uh, after, <laughs> ten, after ten minutes, I was like doing three, four runs. <laughs> I couldn't breathe. Yeah, yeah. And obviously, what you said, it's a bit more high tempo here with all the sprints, and you have to be more aware of your opponents, all that. Mm. So it's it was uh, it was a tough game too, but nice though. Yeah. I feel like it's looking back. It's probably a good one for you to start with because that would have been as tough of an mm. afternoon as you would get mm. for the rest of the season. Do mm. you feel like you're developing and, and progressing as a player? Yes, and uh, I'm uh, working every day, you know, on the pitch and training to to improve my abilities mm. and um, you know to to be more um, dangerous. Uh, so um, that's definitely an aim I have. I think you're too dangerous already, Peds. Yeah. I think you're a dangerous man to be around. You should be scared of me, mate. <laughs> <laughs> was you always looking at English football, though? I mean, you mentioned some of the clubs that were interested, German clubs and stuff, but was coming to England always a thing that when you was growing up, you you was hoping to achieve? When yeah, to so um, at first, when I played in Denmark, I had no opportunity to go to England. So there was only Union Berlin now, mm. which is a big club also, yeah. and then a big dream to come outside of, of Denmark to play football. And um, yeah, I, t I took that opportunity and then I've always dreamed of playing in England because I think the playing style suits me, you mm. know, I'm, I'm physical and I'm strong and that's what's characteristic mm. for yeah. this league. So it's, it's, it suits me well and um, it's been a dream. Um, to to play in England and now it's it's a reality so I'm glad. What was it like playing in Denmark growing up as a youngster? Was, have you got football in your family or is it you the first one to go and play? I'm the first one. Yeah. Yeah. And I suppose was you picked up from an early age or did you have to wait until you was older or? No. So actually, I've been playing in lower leagues. Yeah, yeah. Since I was I think 17. Okay. 18 to be fair. Yeah. And then I got scouted after one game and they were like, okay, you can come and see what you've got. And then I did that. And then I made one year contract in my very first professional club, Hobby Crew. Yeah. Um, yeah, signed one year for them. And then uh, from there, it just went quick. And then after half a year, one year, I went to the 21 national team and, you know, some good players there. Is there any players that have gone on and played at a decent level oh, that, yeah. that you so played with? You've got, for example, Pione Sisto, plays for Celta Vigo. You've yeah. got Kasper Dolberg, used to play for Ajax, plays in France now, Nice. And um, yeah, and there's one geese also in Kenneth Sohoa, who plays for West Brom, yeah, actually. Yeah, Kenneth Sohoa, yeah. I know him, so um, he's he's bigger than me, actually. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'd still back you in a fight. Yeah, it's, thanks, mate. That's all right. Um, yeah. Was you always a left back defender? Was you always yeah, a... always left back. Never played anywhere else. Oh, I mean, when I was a child, I've been like every position, from goalkeeper to striker to yeah, winger, everything. <laughs> Tried it all. I can actually see him throwing himself around yeah, like a say, crazy goalkeeper. How were you as a keeper? Huh? How were you as a goalkeeper? I was like a kangaroo, like <laughs> jumping. Yeah, yeah. Uncontrollable. Yeah. Talking about positions, you played a couple this season. You played a back three, so you played the left side of a of a back three. You played at left back. Uh, how do you find sort of? I know we're going to come on some fan questions. Actually, I think this one was one that popped up a couple of times. But how have you found adapting to those different positions this season? So um, it's been difficult, but <clears throat> I mean, I would rather do it now. You know, in the pre-season where you have a lot of time mm. to practice your your role but um, you know as as the game went on I, I think as a centre back it's I like that to be honest yeah that, um, so it's it's been it was tough in the start like because you have to adapt to a new uh, role yeah, new which position. you're not used to you know all yeah. the, the running patterns and your passing and, yeah. and all that but as the time went on I'm, I'm feeling quite comfortable with that position now and I mean that's only positive now that you are more um yeah you can use you're adaptable yeah. yeah yeah that's what i mean so yeah i think you've got the attributes you talk about the characteristics for english football but mm. i think 
as a left-sided centre-back, mm. you've got everything you'd need if mm. you wanted to slot into that role. Yeah. You know, you get good enough in the air. Yeah. You can left-footed left side, left centre-halves are more at a premium anyway. So, mm. I think when you did play at that position, you didn't look like it was your first time playing there. <laughs> I'm glad you said that. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, but I, I suppose you're only going to get better the more you practice. Yeah, that's it. And I had a lot of... Um, help from Robo and Harley also. Mm. So they teach me every day how to like body position, like where to play in that in certain moments and all that. So yeah. Communication, everything. So I think you're quite adaptable on that side. Did you play as a left midfielder in the Zweite Bundesliga? Yeah. Yeah. Well you know left when the midfielder when, when, heads. What? A left midfielder. Yeah, you so have to get up and down as well. Yeah, yeah. That's a move. <laughs> so you know when the six drop down, so you play as a free and back. Okay, yeah, yeah. You know, and then you go high you with go the fullbacks. Right, okay. That's what I'm used to. And then you drop back again. Right, right. Um, so yeah, the centre midfielder makes it a three man at the back. Yes. You push forward. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Maybe we'll see you flying down the wing at some stage. Who knows? You allowed to pass the halfway line, Peds? Would you have to stay inside your your own half? No comment. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in terms of that back four, it seems settled at the moment. Clean sheet against Charlton. I mean, Maxime Collin put in a performance that was out of this world uh, on Saturday. But then experienced players, Mark Roberts, Harley Dean, Lee Camp behind you as well. Do you feel as a defensive unit, you're settled now? Yeah, I think we, we have proved ourselves and we feel comfortable with each other that we can, like even beat a, a top team in, in the championship mm. at the moment. So it's um, we're feeling pretty comfortable right now. Mm. And you look at the players alongside you as well. I mean, there's a core of senior players. If you throw Lukas Jukovic, David Davis in, mm. do you think they've helped not just you over the last year, but mm. even the new boys this summer, just to help the foreign lads settle into the club? What, if I help them? Or no, the you? senior players have helped yeah. you over the last year and oh, yeah, the new definitely, players as definitely. well. Yeah, so... They, they they teach me every day like um, you know when we play against for example Millwall and then tell me what I should what be aware of with with the players and all that and then you <coughs> you take that to yourself and mm. and you reflect it a little bit and and try to to show that on the pitch and obviously you know if if something goes wrong you can always communicate on the pitch yeah. you know and and fix it if that's the case so I mean. I mean, it's 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 a big help that they're so, what do you say, friendly, yeah, yeah, uh, helpful. So, and 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 they also helping the the new players now. So it's yeah, it's good. Does it ever get heated between what? players? Did, when you when you like when you have made an error or mm. someone makes a mistake, does the conversation, does that communication ever get aggressive and heated? And well. <laughs> It's only in a positive uh, way yeah. because you want the best for your teammates. So maybe it's sometimes you say it in in a different way, but yeah. you have to think about it. it's only for the the best. They only want you the best. So yeah. Do you ever revert? sometimes it happens, but that's football in it. So don't you ever like <clears throat> speak Danish quietly so no one knows what you're saying, but really you're getting annoyed. Yeah, sometimes I think like. <laughs> in Danish. Yeah. <laughs> I do it in English. How no, I, I don't do that because I don't think there's need for that. Yeah. You know, I, I want when I'm here, I want to speak English, and that's it. I think your English has got better over the last year. Yeah. When Same you with look, you, mate. <laughs> when you look back to your first interview that you done with us, compared to how you are now, yeah, you've definitely progressed. Yeah, did you ever take nice. lessons, or did you, or did you just learn as a kid? No, so I used to game a lot when I was a kid, you know. I learned the language from there. Don't think you can repeat many you of the learned, things that you learned from right, gaming. You <laughs> learned English from games? Yeah. What ones? So, like Call Bandicoot. of Duty, oh, okay. like, yeah. Do you learn it from the people you were playing with? Like, you know, the when you online. get abuse, like, down the microphone, yeah. on the headset. <laughs> what do you yeah. mean, mate? You like, know, like, you know, like... You play online? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, so you know where people talk... Oh um, yeah, 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 yeah. So and then you learn some words also, like <laughs> or for. Yeah, you learn the swear words. Yeah. By Call of Duty. Mm. <laughs> I mean, we've learned something today on this well, podcast. I'll tell you what. What's it like as a player who comes into England from abroad? Because obviously we've had Fran, Alvaro, Ivan, a number of players this summer who's moved to the country as well. Mm. Is it difficult to start with just the change in culture and language? Yeah. So I think it depends on the culture. So. Um, I would say Danish culture is just a little bit uh, similar to English, so 
where Spanish maybe is different from from the English culture. Mm. Um, but I think they have been adaptive. Yeah. Also, the Spanish guys. So and I suppose it helps when you've got Pep. Yeah. And Paco and Jabby. There's a oh, yeah, number definitely. of Spanish guys. You can all help. Yeah, certainly. you know, you you feel more like secure. Like, yeah. if you've got any question, you can just ask. Like, yeah. So, I think it's it helped them a lot. Also, maybe we need to get another Danish player in to help heads. Mm. Find him a friend. Yeah. Though Kareem is Swedish, which is sort of your way. Up your way. What? Kareem is Swedish, so that's sort yeah. of Scandinavian. Scandinavian. Oh yeah, we, we we have some similar words. Yeah. So we 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 can speak in different languages and understand, understand each other, but. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Is he your closest player to you? Would you say, Karim? Yeah, um, sometimes I, I meet up with Karim. Yeah, yeah. But not only Karim, also the other guys. Um, yeah, and then my girlfriend also wants to Move. join in. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, she meets with the the other guys, yeah. girlfriends. Yeah, yeah. Try to integrate there. You know. So it's good. Any family come over to watch the games? Yeah, I have every member of my really? family has been over. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How do they find it? They've been quite supportive throughout your career, or? Yeah, yeah. Every time, and they they're proud, obviously, mm. of what I've been achieved so far, and um, yeah, happy to make them proud. Yeah, of course. What in terms of Denmark? Do you set your goals on? Getting into international caps as your career progresses, representing Denmark again. Yeah, that's my uh, big aim for me that I want to be in the national squad. I know that they're looking at me at the moment, so um, I'm hopefully going to to be in the national team within maybe one year, two years. Yeah, that's my aim. For yeah, sure. I suppose just playing regularly for yeah, Birmingham yeah. and. I mean, Nutsen for Midtjylland played for the national team, so, and I play in the same league, so like, yeah. shouldn't be a problem. Yeah. Absolutely. Callum, questions from Callum, the supporters. What did you have for breakfast today? What did I have for breakfast? Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, completely out of context. I had a, a bit of golden syrup porridge, actually, Peds. Thank you for... Peds, do you have yeah. Danish pastries for breakfast? No. Or Danish bacon? Just scrambled eggs. Oh, dear. Yeah. Protein monster. Protein monster. Anyway, enough Gotta about my gains. breakfast. We'll turn <laughs> to the important... All about the gains. You have learned little phrases, haven't yeah. you, since you've been here? All about the gains. Right, I've got to do this with a straight face Cal, now. Hit him with some we'll turn to Twitter. To Twitter? Twitter. Wow. What's and, uh, Twitter? Right. <laughs> Me at this rate. Couple of questions from Twitter. Tinder? No. <laughs> oh, right. I can't repeat the questions from their heads. Right, first one. This is from uh, George Yeomans on Twitter. Mm-hmm. What's it like to have a head made out of titanium? I mean, only some people can be blessed from above, so it's... No, it's... Um... You have got a blockhead. I know. I have been told that before. So, so. <laughs> yeah, but look against Brentford. I know. It worked. What was the thinking there, Peds? What did you think just before heading it? Um, I was just thinking, like, now you just aim for the goal and see what happens. And then it went in. I you just, said that better than you said to me. I think you <laughs> yeah. swore I just thought, uh, f*** it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> thank you, Peds, again. That's exactly what I was expecting. Uh, Ella Hanley says, who is the hardest or, like, toughest player that you've played against? No one. No don't, one's don't as hard as you. Don't give it that one. Don't right, give uh, it that one. Let me think. Uh, there's one geezer from um, West Brom, I think. Yeah, what, a wide player? Phillips, can it be? Yeah, yeah, yeah Phillips. Matt Phillips. Yeah, yeah, Matt Phillips. Very quick. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Played, Explosive. Played like right wing back, I yeah, think. Yeah, he's he? good. He's yeah. good. Adam Lewis, what's been your favourite game at Blues so far? Favourite game? Um, actually, I would have to say Leeds away because of the game it was a big stadium and like we, 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 we yeah, won as well and we did well that game so it has to be, be yeah. that and a club that were interested in you yes so nice to go back and beat them yes mate Jacko is there anything you're scared of <coughs> only you Callum <laughs> only, only when you when you when you eat your breakfast I get a little bit scared well the porridge it is yeah I can understand that you've got to have a fear Peds you've got to be scared of something I know you've yeah. got this hard man image that you put yeah, around. Yeah, yeah, you you always get up something. Wait, um, usually it's like spiders, snakes. I don't like snakes, to be fair. Yeah. No. They're scary, slimy. Yeah. Can't be trusted. Slimy ting. <laughs> <laughs> slimy ting, heads. Brilliant. We'll quote that. 
Uh, King Duke 10, not sure if that's the real Duke, so. by the way. Uh, have you ever lost an aerial battle or a duel, as you'd put it? Hmm. Not what I reckon. I can't remember him losing nah. too many headers. I, I can't know. remember you. You win most most headers. Mm. I'd say you win. But I have an advantage because I'm so tall, obviously. Yeah, but you still. What I think you do well, and I'm not just saying it because you're here, but you attack the ball well. Yeah. You know, like some people just let the ball hit their heads. I think you get up and really attack it. Yeah. You know how you got that lovely scar on your yeah, the eye. Medals yeah, I'm, I'm very eager to intercept the ball. Yeah. I think I saw a statistic where it was the most guy with the most interceptions. Is that you? Last league. Yeah. 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 Last season. Sorry. There you go. Put that out. Give Denmark a call. Yeah. <laughs> Tell him that. <laughs> Send him the graphic. Yeah. And last one from Twitter. Mm. Rob Sharrod ties in actually. How are you such a tank? Tank. You know, got to get the gains. What did they feed you growing up, Peds? What was you given as for food when you was growing up? Bricks. <laughs> <laughs> you used no. to crunch bricks. No, come on, why are you? Is your family quite big? No. It's Viking, Viking. Uh, to ancestry. be fair, my mom, no insult for her, but she used to be like a um, wrestler. No, me. she didn't. I swear You're lying. That. I'm not lying. No, it's not wrestler. It's not the right word, but it's like, like MMA. Yeah, yeah. yeah like what, like, stuff, like, like fighter. She used to fight people. Yeah, I think she was. <laughs> Is this a true story? You're not having I a son? I swear to God. Sport? Professionally? No, not professionally, just. It's in the street? Not, no. <laughs> <laughs> Just like as a hobby, like when I go to football, okay, like, or tennis or she whatever. She just used to do some. I oh, like like martial arts. I don't think it's it's not him. <laughs> like martial arts, like practice self defense. Self defense. That's the right word. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So she practiced self defense. So that's where yeah. you. That's why I'm so good at defending. Well, I don't know there what to we say. go. Right, Peds. Very quickly, yeah. Preston at the weekend back at St Andrews. We seem to have turned the stadium into a bit of a fortress over mm. the past few years. You look forward to playing in front of the home crowd? Yes, I can't wait to play again and to get the three points. We yeah. need them to keep getting undefeated uh, at home mm. and to show that we are a team that needs to be taken serious. So, Do you think teams are taking us seriously now because of the start that we've had? Yeah, because of the start we have had now, I think people maybe start to realise that we, we are a good team now and we're not just like what mm. it's been maybe for a few years ago. Mm. Um, but... I think it's it's a statement to make for for the other teams that we're not just a, a team that you can come and beat. Yeah. And what you just said, like we unbeaten at home, and it's been like a fortress mm. for many games now at home. So, and with the crowd uh, behind us, it's it helps us on the pitch every time. So. How far can this team go, Peds? Do you think? Do you set yourself any goals, or is it cliche? But game by game. Yeah, it's, it's it sounds like a cliche, but I don't think there's any limits. Um, yeah. But. I mean, we have the best start now for 10 years now. So, you know, why shouldn't be this year where we go up, you know what I mean? Or Absolutely. in the top six. Mm. I mean, yeah. Pez, this has been the most enlightening, bizarre podcast I think I've ever done. But I didn't expect Wide it to ranging, be... Yeah. I didn't expect it to be any other way when it came to you. You are very welcome. So thank you very much. Thank you for taking your time out on this glorious afternoon. And I look My forward pleasure. to seeing you run out there at St Andrews. For, uh, to pick up but hopefully it will be a big three points yeah just a quick question for Callum far away Pads go on what are you having for breakfast tomorrow what would you suggest I have for breakfast well I I'll bricks, reply so my own <laughs> I don't know what about you mix the bricks into the porridge then you get oh, the best okay. of both worlds I think that's the way to do it any parting words Pads for the fans <laughs> keep right on up the blues the blues talk podcast with Dale Moon and Callum Denning probably the most unique guest we've ever had on the podcast <laughs> yeah I, I don't know how we describe it mate no he's brilliant but well, i think what we have to bear in mind is as well that english isn't his first language and uh, and so he sometimes his answers are quite short but then at the same time it'll come out with this little sound bite of magic that just has me cracking up so i'm still i mean what we recorded the interview in real time now about two hours ago i'm mm. still thinking about his line about his mom being a wrestler <laughs> I mean, she went from being a wrestler to an <laughs> MMA artist to just doing a self-defense class once upon a time. <laughs> just picturing Conor McGregor <laughs> like carrying a little Christian Pedersen around. <laughs> Listen, you talk about battling in MMA. We're going to need some battling qualities on Saturday. Preston, the visitors to the St. Andrews Trillion Trophy Stadium. Mm. See, we got our first win against them in, I can't even remember how many years, last season. Yeah, Beat them 3-0. Yeah, 
not one of my favourite teams to play against Preston. I always find their tricky, horrible games. And I still think back to that playoff disappointment at Deep Down. It still burns Last a little bit. Last season at Deep Down. That still stings. Yeah, I mean, that's a, we got done at the death and we should have won that game, let alone yeah. draw it. Last kick um, of the game, Preston take the lead after we've been chasing a winner for 15, like 20 minutes. 5,000 fans as well. Yeah. It was Flag day it was, yeah, wasn't it? it was. Uh, so I never particularly enjoy playing Preston, I'll be honest with you. Um, but... Uh, their encouraging form is at home. I mean, yeah. they haven't won a game, I don't think, in the league away yet. They've won all four home games, which is why they are where they are. Um, still got some good players uh, in the side. I know they lost one or two in the summer, but as Pep said in the press conference, they've got kept that core element to their team and they've tried to build around it. So, I mean, it's still early days in the season. When you look at Charlton, do you think Charlton are going to be a team that are up there at the end of it? Possibly it? not, arguably not. So I still don't look too much at league position, but they're doing something right to have picked up their games, picked up their wins at home. That said, we're, we're strong at home and they're coming down to St Andrews on Saturday. Fortress St Andrews. Yeah, for us and Coventry, it seems. The home team hasn't lost here this season. Yeah. We should stop saying things like this because yeah, you know it's tempting fate. I know, but it's just the belief that you have in the boys, I think. And, you know, they come from behind against Stoke here. So should should we, the worst to happen, you go behind on Saturday. They've already come from behind to win a game this season. Mm-hmm. And I always fancy, actually, when you get yourselves level after going from behind at home with 20 to go, as we did against Stoke, that we were going to be the team to go on and win it. Uh, I, don't, I think there won't be much in it on Saturday. I'd, uh, I'd like to think, like I say, my one wish is we do start the game bright. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to see us on the front foot again. Um, team selection's a tough one. We mentioned the players coming back in. He's got options now, Pep. Mm-hmm. So what does he go with? I mean, Fran Villalba passed fit. He's on Twitter already ready. telling everyone that he's ready. ready. So Villalba, Crowley, Bellingham, Marabti, Magoma, Djukovic, Jimenez. I mean, there's it's a wealth of Sonjic, options. Davis. That midfield area is always going to be the conundrum this season. I think Lukas Jukovic, given everything he offers a team, is arguably the first name on the team sheet. For I me, think we've yeah. got a settled back four mm-hmm. and Lee Camp behind him. That just leaves the middle of the pitch to sort out what's he going to go with on Saturday will be the big question. It was good to see us going for it at Chelsea, wasn't it? I mean, I touched on it earlier, but that was the one thing that set that fixture apart from, mm. I think, all of them so far this season. Yeah, That belief and that intent to actually be on the front foot and try and actually get the three points. Yeah. More of the same Saturday? Yeah, I think so. From the off is what you want to see. You don't want to start the game sluggish. I mentioned those performances against Barnsley. I know we won the game, but we weren't great for an hour. Stoke, Stoke, was, Stoke was a torrid game for a large part. So, And I understand that you've got an opposition trying to stop all the good things you're, you're trying to do. So it's, it's easier sitting here going, we need to start well. But there's another team who are also trying to, trying to start the game quickly. So, But um, now, nah, hopefully, we can. it'd just be nice to record three on the spin. Keep this feel-good factor at the club. Keep the momentum rolling on. Pick up the points now. We're going to have a blip. Yeah. This is, a, I mean, let's be honest, every team in a championship uh, goes through a sticky patch. But whilst we're picking up these points, gives us a bit of a buffer. I mean, I'm still checking what the bottom three were on. I remember looking at the te- league table. I'm still looking, thinking, right, we've got this amount of points now because of what the last two, three yeah. seasons have been like. Um but I think it is a case of just seeing where we go. This is a team in transition. It, they are a work in progress. I don't think anyone, when I mean, we speak to players regularly, you ask them what the aim is. It's all, and I know it's cliche, it's always game by game. And I think that's a genuine answer because they don't know what they can be yet. Absolutely. And you also have January up and coming, whether we're active in that or not, who knows in a few months' time. But whilst we're, uh, whilst we're picking up these, these points without hitting fifth gear, it's a good sign going forward. You know what I want to see a repeat of on Saturday? 45 yards screamer <laughs> from I mean, Michael Kifton Bell. Keith, last season, what a strike. <laughs> I mean, he couldn't have hit it any more. I, I was going to say perfectly, but that would be a lie. Um, T- I turned away. I, I'm one of the thousands of people in the stadium. He had a bowler on commentary. He's mid sentence. He's talking about something else. Yeah, didn't see it because you, you, it's over hit pass. It's going through to the keeper. So then you have a little look and you hear the cheers and. Yeah, absolute howler that was, wasn't it? But nice update on Keith as well from Pep last week, just saying it's going to be into the new year by the time he's back. So he's on course, actually, given the nature of the injury and the seriousness of uh, the damage done to his knee. You'd expect him to be, what would it be, seven months? Mm-hmm. So if he'd done it uh, April Leeds time. in April. Yeah, yeah. April time. Um, but he's back around the club all the time now. You see his face in the gym this afternoon mm-hmm. doing some work. So that's really good. And Jefferson Montero, hopefully... 
although he's you know have a little spell on the sidelines i think pep said to the press last week that the signs are more positive than negative so another player who's got that explosive pace out on the wing how good is it by the way i mean speaking about keith um i meant to mention it to peds actually Stayed integrated with the squad throughout pre-season. Obviously, travelled out to Portugal. He was rooming with Peds. Yeah. Had the weirdest fortnight setup you've ever seen. <laughs> but, listen, that's a whole other conversation. Um, it's good that he stayed almost embedded in that first-team setup. Yeah. David Davis done the same last year. And I actually think uh, it's to the benefit of the injured player. I think, psychologically, when you're ostracised and you're isolated away from the group, it's a horrible... I mean, you listen to retired players and all they talk about is that dressing room atmosphere that they miss the most, the banter, the pranks that go on in there, uh, that camaraderie within and spirit within the dressing room. When you're not part of that anymore, like he won't be able to celebrate our wins as much because you feel a bit fraudulent because yeah. he hasn't played his part. As he said to us at the end of last season. That's it, and... Um, but for him to be as close to the group uh, every day now in the building, uh, doing the gym sessions with the rest of the group this afternoon, it wasn't just him and Dave Hunt, um, part of the physio team. It was it was the whole group that were in the gym. So he's still having those conversations with players and he just feels more part of it. I think the biggest battle, yeah, will be physically to get over um, over the damage to his knee, but psychologically as well, especially for Michael Kiftenbaud, all action, throw yourself into in front of a train to for the cause type of player um, can't wait to see him back because he's uh, and as we listened on the podcast what a smashing bloke absolute hero right we've spoken about I know the penalty shootout incident against Preston mm. we've spoken about Keith Screamers are there any more memories that jump out to you from this fixture of Preston North End I've been uh, trying to wrap my brains I remember Gary McSheffrey was, was it um, Harry Redknapp's last game yes yeah yeah I think he played Liam Walsh that game. He scored the winner for Coventry City during the week, but I think he played, didn't suit him. I, I can't remember if we played him as a 10 or wherever we played him. It didn't quite come off that day. I don't have fond memories of, of Preston. Obviously, the playoff one is the one that's... Oh, we should. I mean, how we didn't win. Stan Azaridis should just smash the ball into touch and in the end gives it to their goalkeeper, snatches it out of the air and off they go down the other end and score. But, um, yeah, David Moyes' comments about Blues, not great. Uh, they're one of the founding teams of the league, aren't they? So that I mean, I think if you're a Preston fan, and I actually know Preston fan really well, they love the fact that they've got that long historic success. They're mm -hmm. one of the founding teams, a lot of history. Yeah, not many great memories. That I actually tell you what I do remember. Shadham scored a great goal there. Do you remember? I think it was yeah. a left-footed yeah, goal, yeah, yeah. which was a bit of a dipper, chicken dipper Strike. into the, bit of a chicken dipper inside the post, but. No, not that many um, great memories at Preston, but hopefully uh, we can record some on Saturday. But now it's time for quick five questions. The Blues Talk Podcast. Okay, I am with none other than Wesley Harding here at the training ground. Wes, you are a victim of quick five questions this week. So let's start off with what music do you listen to before a game? It could be anything. Uh, usually hip hop though. Okay, hip hop rap. Snapchat story or Instagram stories? Snapchat. Favourite restaurant to eat at? I go with Nanda's. Yeah. Uh, your favourite karaoke song or what was your initiation song? I can't remember. It was a few years ago. Chris <laughs> Brown. Um, don't judge me. That's okay. what. Yeah. Slow. That's a bit. Yeah. It's no, a bit emotional. Yeah, but you don't have to go high pitch. <laughs> okay, it's a very yeah, safe option. Yeah, yeah. Uh, favourite movie? I know it's difficult, but if you had to pick one, probably Rush Hour. The like. The free yeah, the trilogy. trilogy yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, what's your middle name? Nathan. Oh, it's very normal and safe. Nice. Uh, ideal holiday destination? Jamaica. Uh, favorite TV series currently? What's my favorite? It'd have to be Game of Friends. Yeah. Although it's not now, but yeah, yeah. yeah. Recently. Uh, what's you? If you go to a coffee shop, Costa, Starbucks, wherever, what would you get? Vanilla latte. <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> best goal you've oh, seen no, no, no reason <laughs> best goal you've seen on the pitch so it can't be one of your own goals you have to have been on the pitch but it can be at any level whether you're a kid or professional just one of the goals that you remember seeing thinking that was unreal Zlatan's overhead kick against England you've got was you there you've oh. got to be there on oh. the pitch on the pitch I mean <laughs> okay so you've got to be on the pitch at the time yeah and you've just got to remember seeing it it can't be one of your own goals and thinking yeah that was that was a goal on the pitch any level 
I'm going to struggle. We'll come back to it. Yeah. Did you have any posters on your bedroom wall growing up? No. Not even footballers? No. Uh, have you met your sporting hero and who is it? No, I haven't met it. It would probably be Messi or Ronaldo. Yeah. What instruction do you give to your barber when they ask to get your hair cut? Same as last time. <laughs> Regular. Uh, what's your favourite cheat meal? So your dirty meal? Unhealthy one. Uh, Chinese. What do you get from Chinese? Cantonese style sweet and sour chicken, beef and green peppers in black bean oh, sauce, list. and uh, chicken fried rice. Solid. Uh, what did you go dressed as to the last fancy dress party? That was a Christmas too. I was a teenage mutant ninja turtle. <laughs> Class. Uh, NBA, NFL, Major League Baseball, or don't you care about any of them? NBA, but I'm not really, I haven't followed it for a while. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, names of WhatsApp groups that you're part of, that you're allowed to tell us? Triple Threat, First Team. That's it. We actually call ourselves the First Team. <laughs> <laughs> That's one oh, from you young. Um, yeah, that's about it, really. Family group chat, and yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, can you play a musical instrument? No. You look like I you could. Though. I used to play the drums a bit and the keyboard, but I'd be crap now. We're definitely doing a feature on you playing the drums <laughs> and the keyboard. <laughs> uh, one person, dead or alive, you'd have dinner with? Jesus. Can you speak another language? No. Which Hollywood actor would you choose to play yourself? Will Smith or Crystal Car. Denzel, mate. No. Denzel. They're like me. They're like me. Clowns. Yeah. <laughs> if the whole squad had a Royal Rumble, who'd be left in at the end? Me. <laughs> no. <laughs> say it with say? your chest, mate. <laughs> no, who would it be? Uh, I reckon Harley or Robbo, the big guys. The big frames. Yeah. yeah. Big yeah. units back there. Duty, duty. Yeah. yeah. Um, the best pair of trainers or boots that you've ever owned? Boots. I don't know. Probably, probably a pair of old Preds that yeah. I loved. Yeah, Predators. Gunmetal grey ones were unbelievable, mate. Mm-hmm. And they're all Reds. Uh, what do you have on your pizza? Favorite pizza? Pepperoni, probably. Favorite flavor ice cream? Don't have one. I'm not a big fan of ice cream. No. After shave of choice. Um, it's called Baccarat Rouge. Ooh, it's a new entry here on the podcast. Yeah, it's lovely. Shay used to wear it. Um, Harley wears it. Oh. So does Jake. Okay. It's lovely. I'll be sure to check that out. Um, what are the names of all the pets you and your family have owned? <laughs> I haven't had pets. <laughs> no pets no. of any sort? No. Oh, well, I had, um, I went to a, I remember I was young, went to a fair, won a fish, forgot to feed it, it died next <laughs> <laughs> It was dead. dead. But you didn't have it long enough to even name it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, most played song or album? Ooh. Probably a Meek Mill, Migos, Young Fog kind of thing. I can't think. Can't One think. of those. Yeah. Uh, have you got any tattoos? No. What's the strangest thing you've eaten? <laughs> no idea. Very safe. Yeah, I'm not, yeah, no, same. Uh, what's on your bucket list to do before you die? Hmm. Travel. Like, just go anywhere, many places. Not sure where. What are you most afraid of? God. <clears throat> um, Favourite city other than Birmingham? And Leicester? Um, <laughs> London. <laughs> Best way to eat chicken, right? This is an important question. What part of the chicken and how is it marinated? Would you wait? Sorry. So you can even be a breast, at heart, or it's lemon. Or, yeah, it can be a wing, it can be a leg, a thigh. What's... What's your favourite part of a chicken and how is it flavoured? Thigh. Jerk. It's jerked. Jerked. Um, Jamaican jerk. Um, what's your thoughts on people who fish? <laughs> Nothing really. Each of their own. Yeah, it's boring it's though, isn't it? It's boring though. Yeah, it's boring, but you know I mean? you're getting my food, so <laughs> I can't complain. What about recreational fishing? You just go and no, sit around yeah, the back? snoring out. Yeah, no chance. Uh, finally, have you ever read a book cover to cover? Yeah, um... Rich Dad, Poor Dad. But I can't... Pff, I honestly can't remember. You get those finances right in check. Rich yeah, Dad, man, Poor Dad. Of course, of course. Yeah, I read that one. Yeah. Wesley, thank you very much for your time, mate. The Blues Talk Podcast with Dale Moon and Callum Denning. Well, there we go. Another fantastic edition of Quickfire Questions here on the Blues Talk Podcast. Always 
interesting and entertaining, of course. Right, Blues women have got their season underway, Dale. Um, not the best start, but no. promising signs. Yeah, when I speak to people who are there at the games, obviously we're working a lot of the weekends that the um, that Blues women play. The performances haven't warranted defeats, I think particularly in the first game of the season. Um, but new team, again, we talk about this men's team being in transition. I think Blues women are in a similar predicament where a lot of players coming in into the club under a still a relatively new coach in Marta Terdor who's mm-hmm. got her own views on how the club should be playing. So I don't think it surprises too many that results haven't been fantastic to start off with. But the hope is that more hours on the training ground, the more games that the girls get to play with each other, um, it will start to come together and they'll start to get the results that I think their performance is warranted. I think you take away Anna White's goals from any team in this division, it's going to be a big miss as she's showing both at international level. Um, and now in the WSL, we're not in the blue of blues anymore. But it's how you replace those goals. And so you look at your midfield areas, can they chip in? Uh, it's a very young team again this season. Uh, brought a lot of young players with uh, points to prove into the squad. And so, yeah, I think time will, blues will need to develop over time and progress as a group of players. And hopefully the results will start to turn. Bizarre instance in the opening game of the season against um, Everton the sportnation.bet stadium, Solihull Moors. Mm. Um, teams come out, Hannah Hampton in the orange goalkeeper kit, of course, same as the men's side wear. Uh, massive clash with Everton's kit. So uh, he actually mm. played the 90 minutes in the Everton training shirt. <laughs> Different. One of the more bizarre things yeah, yeah. That, uh, you'll see. That happened before. I'm trying to think if that's happened. I'm sure that's happened I've in seen the men's it happen game. a few times. Where yeah. they've given them the away strip. Yeah, the whole team's had to wear yeah. like the home team's training, yeah, yeah. training jersey or something. Yeah, yeah, no, I've seen that before. But I listen. thought, was it a 23s game? Cov, Blues Cov, 23s last week. I thought that was a bit close. What, Sky Royal Blue versus Blue, Sky yeah. Blue. I remember there was a struggle. I know, obviously, we live-streamed it on yeah. uh, on Facebook. Yeah. It's a struggle to tell the difference at times, wasn't it? Yeah. As we sit here now, actually, we hope, and this is just a hope at this point, to live-stream the under-23s against Sheffield United. Knock on wood. Yeah. Plans haven't been cemented just yet. But I think we're all of the opinion that if we can live stream these games across both Facebook and our own channels, uh, then the more the better. I think it gives the 23s more exposure. It's great following a, a Twitter feed, but it's nothing like actually watching the game. Let us know your thoughts, by the way. If you have made it this far on the podcast, well done. <laughs> if you do want to see it, give us a shout at BCFC. Yeah, so we've done Blues, we've done 23s, we've done Blues um, women. I don't think there's anything. I mean, what's Brexit? left? Brexit? What's left? <laughs> Absolutely not. I'm not here to discuss. Stay clear of that one. Yeah, I think that's your lot, isn't it? That's just look ahead to Preston now. Baby onion, (laughs) awful. Your lot. That's that's how we're going to end it, (laughs) right? It's uh, yeah. This has been the Blues Talk podcast. It's better than that most of the time, I promise. (laughs) I've been Callum Denning. I've been Dal Moon. Hopefully, speaking to you soon after another couple of successful weeks. The Blues Talk podcast with Dale Moon and Callum Denning.